0: Shit, it's crazy. Like, I mean, are the Avengers even a thing anymore? (laughs) We don't know. Has anyone got any kind of fucking plan? Don't swear. Oh, it's the last day of school. I think it's fine. Hello, and welcome to the OnCast. My name is Dom. As one half of the OnCast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello, so today we're reviewing the latest in a long line of Spider-Man and Marvel movies, Spider-Man Far From Home. Um yes, yeah, so what we usually do is we'll go and see the movie and then we'll remain in complete silence on the way back from the cinema <laughs> until we get here and get mics in front of us and then start talking about it. Um, for this one, because it, yeah, it was late by the time we finished it and I think we were both a little bit overwhelmed by it all.
1: Yeah, it was a um, lot to take on
0: we decided to leave it. So we've actually had a couple of days to sit with this now before we're going to sit down and talk about it.
1: Yeah, and it's good because other uh, one thing I do worry about is sometimes we're a little bit stream of consciousness for some people. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, are we just ranting about this film directly into people's ears? But yeah, so let's try it like this. Yeah. See how this works.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, we've had a couple of days to sit with it now. Um, obviously, we are big fans of this franchise and big fans of this character, as you could probably tell from the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So we're not coming in it completely unbiased. I think it's fair to say we've got a little bit of baggage going into it. Yeah. But
1: I mean, we, I wouldn't say baggage. I'd. I mean, the thing is, we've got we've had a lot of goodwill built up.
0: True, but then we at the same time though we know a bad Spider-Man movie when we see one. Yeah, and we've talked about those exactly. <laughs> see our previous episodes. Um, so I think it's fair to say then that having seen bad spider-man movies mm-hmm. spider-man far from home is not one of them no god no um, <laughs> um i would yeah this I mean, where are you at it right now how are you feeling i loved it yeah
1: i really did i mean it's not you know without a couple of sort of scratch the surface a little bit and you start to see sort of cracks appear but at the same time, I had a fucking brilliant time watching it. Yeah. It was exactly what I wanted from a Spider-Man film. Um, yeah, it does make some questionable decisions. But overall, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was exactly what I wanted to see. It was exactly what I needed to see.
0: Um, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I'm pretty much the same, to be honest. Like I say, that, yeah, there are a couple of things that you go, "Oh, I'm not sure about that. But for the majority of it, I was just from the beginning of the movie and the way it opens is amazing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Right the way through to the end and the post-credit sequences which are getting a lot of... There's a lot to talk yeah. about which we'll get to later but all the way through I was just completely entertained throughout and completely just having a really good time and it was really good fun. Yeah. Um And that's all this like something like Spider-Man needs to be really. Um, I mean, yeah, it's... And that's the
1: thing. like They always tend to have a message mm. but at the same time like this did have some messages in there but at the same time it didn't feel it didn't feel like anything was being forced down your throat no or if you were being yelled at about certain messages at all or anything like that like they were there but in the background yeah and the sort of the principle of it was to enjoy the film
0: yeah yeah and there like I say, there are themes and there's a good character arc and a good like actual story being told but the majority of it is just good fun I think particularly the first half of the movie because this is definitely a movie of two halves yeah. And I think that's, on. as a reflection, this is going to be a podcast of two halves. Yeah. Um, because the first half of the movie is very light and very, like, it's just the kids going on um, this European vacation, Peter Parker and all the characters that we met in the first uh, movie, Spider-Man Homecoming, um, and they're just going off on this European vacation. He doesn't want to be Spider-Man. He's sick of the responsibility of it. He just wants to relax. just needs a break. He needs a break, because the other thing we've got to remember is that Although this is a sequel to Homecoming, it's also a sequel to the two Avengers movies that he was involved in. Yeah. And the events of those movies have had a big impact on him as a character. Um, so he's got a lot of like stress going into it. He's not I think they've developed they've used them those two Avengers movies really effectively to sort of develop his character because in Homecoming, like the beginning of Homecoming in particular, he was quite sort of happy, go lucky, loved putting on the suit couldn't wait to get out of school every day to go and be spider-man yeah and now it feels like more of a burden But that's
1: yeah because i mean what i found was in homecoming it was less about the the spider-man like he'd accepted that he needed to be spider-man but he was just desperate to be an avenger yeah and it was a case of you know be careful what you wish for so when he got to become an avenger it caused half the population of the universe to be eliminated.
0: Well, I don't know if it, is, it wasn't Peter's fault.
1: No, 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 no. But, like, not not to say it, it was It was the same fault as yeah. everybody that was in there. But it's the way that Pete is built, he would see that as his, respons- his well, responsibility.
0: The last thing he said to Tony was, I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, and then as it goes through that, so he sees that, he feels responsible for that, and then he sees the redemption of it. And then by having that redemption has cost him this father figure in tony yeah and that, that we now move into here that he's he's not ready heavy is the head that wears a crown is you know is he's, he's not really ready to have the mantle of the next iron man no he just wants to be the friendly neighborhood spider-man again. yeah
0: i think that's the thing he knows now what the consequences are and like this is, like i said that was his first avengers mission yeah um and that's what happened is like shit okay yeah i'm not ready for that and that is carried over into this movie to a point where Nick Fury, basically he's calling Peter up and wants him to step up. And he's yeah. actively avoiding him for the first half of this movie. Um, because he knows that whatever Nick Fury is involved with, is going to be some big time stuff and he's not ready. Yeah. And when he gets given the opportunity, his first instinct is to start listing off all the other people who he thinks are better prepared for it than mm-hmm. he is. Which, I've, like you say, the Peter from Homecoming never would have done that. He would have just bitten his hand off, and gone yeah. straight for it. So I think they've, done a really good job of using other movies to develop him but i do feel like yeah i it, still this is definitely it's not for i think we're at a point now where you can't go in not knowing much about the mcu
1: no you can't
0: just go in for having just seen homecoming and go see this one
1: yeah it is a tricky it is a really really tricky one because with and this is one of the things that I think Marvel need to address it, especially when we'll we'll say about this in the sort of post-spoiler section. But I think Marvel does need to address the fact now that they need to stop or or not stop or start working towards this pyramid model again where everything leads into this final thing. Yeah. Because it does... There is like an alienation there. Yeah. It's not easy to pick up one. Like, if you think about any of the the first couple of phases, it's really easy to walk into that and be like... Okay, I get this, but when you get to Infinity War, End Game, Homecoming, etc., it's really tough. Yeah, like there are the standout sort of aside parts like the Captain Marvel, but that kind of feels like a new part of a foundation to the next stage in their pyramid yeah. that they have. Yeah, and that's something. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about
0: that there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know because like in w- on one hand I do feel that way, but on the other hand I do feel they handled the sort of baggage and the left the stuff from endgame really well yeah in that they did this this thing at the very beginning of the movie starts with this um, one of the videos that we saw from the from the last um, movie which is the school like the high school TV channel. high school TV channel with Betty Brandt and I can't remember the, the character Jason Ionello yeah Um and they they're just like Doing their behind-the-desk reporting on what's happened in the school, and they just use that as a bit of exposition yeah. to essentially catch up anyone who hasn't seen those movies, yeah. but do it in a quite a light-hearted way. Even though this like horrible, like, like like really dramatic thing that we've seen and we saw all the impacts of it, they do it in a way that fits the tone of this movie. Yeah, and it's great. I just, I did, I love that so much that that opening sequence because it solely got you back into this universe this little corner of the universe if you like jumping.
1: yeah and that's that's the thing so we saw like the serious version of it in at the end of Endgame where it's like you see Peter go into the hallway and he's like yeah the second he sees Ned he's just like broken yeah yeah, yeah. and then we're like you sort of expect that going in from Endgame to this and then the first thing it opens with Whitney Houston's I will always love you and you're like alright I know where this is going we're, yeah. we're going to have some fun with this then it's like they make light of it because they're like, we don't want you to take this
0: that seriously at yeah. this point. This isn't the film for that. There are no. better films for that coming down the line. I think there are opportunities to explore that, maybe in like some of the Netflix series. Sorry, not Netflix, the Disney Plus series. Yeah, or you know, other movies. But this isn't the one for that. So I feel like like some people. I think there's been a complaint that people go, oh, they've turned it into a joke. This thing that was so important. And like, yeah, but it wouldn't work in this context it's kind of like what you were saying about when we were talking about Aunt May and Uncle Ben mm. in the other movie in the uh, Sam Raimi movies is that if you had them be grounded and realistic in that movie it wouldn't really work no. because the rest of the movie is so over the top Yeah, same with this if you had everyone like crying and being like really like broken about mm-hmm. what happened during the snap then it would completely switch the tone of the movie yeah
1: but also like the the film itself doesn't Necessarily make light of that situation because both Jason and Betty aren't taking it very seriously, but they're doing it in the way that teenagers would. Yeah, they're doing it in the way that 16 year olds would yeah, be like, Well, be-
0: well why? Are, well, I've already taken midterms. Yeah. I love Betty's thing about, Yeah, well, I've already taken my exams. Now you're telling me I have to start the whole year again. Yeah, because like, god damn it, because some crazy purple dude snapped me out of existence and now yeah. I've got to come back. I just love the like the indignation, like like the things that they they get annoyed about. Like things like um, like Flash on the plane was get was getting champagne, and then (laughs) MJ just pointed out. Actually, technically, he got blipped, so he's not actually twenty one. (laughs) Yeah, like all those little things. I'm like, oh, I love it. I thought it was great. Um, But yeah, they do hint at like bigger ramifications of it. Like they have that whole thing with May, and they're at a big sort of charity event, Mm -hmm. and she there's some like line about how oh, when I got blipped back into existence yeah um the family living my apartment were very like upset yeah didn't understand what was going on so thank you to this charity who deals with all the people who've been displaced as a result of the blip I think there was something no, a that line. was a, that was a
1: homeless cha- uh, the homeless shower that she works at it's, it's everything a feast in everything but name pretty
0: much okay i saw, I thought she said there was some line about people being like yeah either displaced or like they have their eyes turned up down like yeah. because of the the blip, as they're calling it now. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, and that's something that again I can explore. Do you know but, what's some, a
1: really amazing thing that addresses almost this exact thing? What? Is the leftovers? Yeah. The TV show. It's um Damon Lindelof, who from Lost Fame. Just this three yeah. season thing
0: that's brilliant. And it's kind of what I've wanted, and I think a lot of other people. I've never seen the leftovers, but I'm aware mm-hmm. of it, and you've talked about it before. And it's kind of what a lot of people have wanted them to sort of delve into in Marvel, yeah. and maybe one day they will. Maybe there's there's a forum for it. There's like you could potentially do it in like Agents of Shield would be a good format for it as a season. Uh, and that's not where they're at at the moment. No. Agents of Shield they're doing something completely different. <laughs> well, <laughs> Shield's only got two seasons left, doesn't it? Yeah, but they got a new season given to them. Season six, which they didn't think they were going to get, and mm. then suddenly they got season seven. It was like, well, hang on, the, so now my my little. Tinfoil hat theory is that at the end of this current season, season six, we'll get the snap, and then season seven is going to be dealing with okay. the snap. That's why they got given it retroactively. They got given it after Endgame. That's had come mad, out, isn't it? Right. I could be it. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, but they just they like they finished season five on the presumption they were never going to get a season six. Yeah, and then they got commissioned not for one but for two, which is and they got very... commissioned for season seven before six had even aired. Exactly, which is very strange. But so isn't... I think that
1: might be it. But I Isn't it? Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Ike Palmata?
0: Oh, yeah, Isn't he, he like it. a huge fan yeah, of yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D.? He loves it for some reason. He's, he's got some real thing about it. But anyway, anyway we're not, let's not talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because that doesn't really get into it. Um, but as a Spider Man movie.
1: Yeah, as a Spider like, as I was watching this, I was like, this is exactly what a Spider Man film needs to be. Yeah. it feel It doesn't feel like it's going to have lasting effects. Overall, um, it doesn't like so the action in it doesn't feel like it's going to have significant effects. There are other parts of it that we'll talk about sort of post spoilers, but when you're watching it, you're like, This is a villain, this is like the biggest blockbuster villain of the week, sort of thing. Yeah, and it's great. I've gone in, I've had brilliant fun for like two hours. I've got to see a bright, colorful villain, I've got to see um spider-man beating up a water guy and a sand guy and a storm guy and a fire guy yeah and then nick fury's in it and then they're in prague and they're now they're here and now they're here and it's it's great it it's really really good and it's exactly what i wanted it to be from a spider-man film it's definitely up there as one of my favorites yeah um but yeah
0: yeah, it's I think it's great. I think yes, to me like there are certain things that it has to tick to be a great Spider-Man movie. I mm-hmm. think the main thing is that core of the character in that he has to make the right choice and pay the price for it and pay the so by suiting up Spider-Man, Peter Parker's life suffers. Yeah. And that's something we've seen time and time again and like something like Spider-Man 2, which is often held up as the greatest Spider-Man movie yeah. of all time ever. Labours that point for about two hours, yeah. Um, but this they do it in little subtle ways, in like sort of low stakes ways. So, throughout Homecoming, it was all about his relationship with Liz, and in this one, they really play out the relationship between um Peter Pete and MJ. MJ. and I will say as well, I think Peter and MJ, I don't, how do you feel in terms of their chemistry as opposed to Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield? Because I know what you said before was that I, you didn't think that anyone else came close to Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone in terms of chemistry. I think um, these two is not the same kind of
1: chemistry. No, like they've definitely they've definitely got chemistry there. No, but it's but like I don't think it's the same. It's not as, and that's the thing. It's not as
0: convincing
1: no, as think, Emma Stone
0: and Andrew Garfield. Well, I think the difference is right. It's there's different kinds of chemistry. They're like what I really like about what they've done with the MJ and Peter relationship is mm. that it's like it's cute, like awkward high school, like yeah, like there is like there obviously is a kiss at some point in this movie, but it's like really like sort of awkward and like just a peck and yeah. like jump. And, it, and it is like, Oh, okay. And it, but like, I love that because like with stuff like Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, like their chemistry is like, you know, the minute this is like, holy shit. I feel like the minute we turn the cameras off, these two are just going to tear each other's clothes off, yeah. trying, which is like, okay. But high school kids, like when it's all a bit like your first girlfriend and you want to impress her and it's all, yeah, and it goes out, and buys her a gift and, it, and it's all quite sweet and cute. And then yeah. it can, evolved from there it's, and it is
1: lovely it's really really sweet and it is really endearing and you do sort of buy into the fact that they've both got this crush on one another but they
0: can't say it and they can't voice.
1: say it because they're both really shy and like Pete's got this big secret and MJ has sort of got her guard up big time about yeah. it like she's main got this image to maintain and, and but yeah I think they're great I think they're great together but like I said I still think like just from the raw chemistry yeah and physicality that they had around one another. Just the way that they moved with one another made a lot more sense. Yeah, okay. But at the same time, you would buy into Pete and MJ because they were just awkward kids.
0: Yeah, at this point. That's the thing. That's why I like... I think a lot of what people say about this franchise is that it's the potential to where it has to go. Like, if we can see mm-hmm. that relationship between the two of them develop over the next 10 years, by yeah. the time we get 10 years into their relationship, we like, oh, I remember going to see them in Far From Home. When they went when they went on their trip to Europe and they were all really cute around they were really like awkward around each other and now they're like like this whole like unit go get them tiger that yeah. whole thing do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean we we kind of the other things we need to talk about in terms of the cast I suppose is Jake Hall yeah so so Jay Gidenhall, from all the trailers you can tell he's playing Mysterio Yes. who is a very famous comic book character from you know Villain. way way back. He's a very famous comic book character, Tom. He's a very famous comic book character.
1: He's a villain. He's always been a comic book villain. But that's the thing, is that's what that's what I what got me with this film is that we've introduced Mysterio as a hero. Yep. So we know that there's gonna be a turn because he's always been a villain. Yeah. And that's the thing that I liked was the where we where this went
0: yeah and like yeah I love that and that's kind of what I mean about the film on two halves is that obviously yeah we, we kind of all knew that was coming but the ha- the way they went about it and how they did it and the other thing I think I would say is that it's Hall's performance that sells it so much for me Yeah, is that he's so likeable in the first half and he's like He's sort of earnest, but he also cracks jokes at his expense, and they've got great chemistry with one another. I feel like, like Tom Holland has chemistry with everybody. He speaks. It's to. It's like
1: Jake Gyllenhaal as well. Like, yeah, the, and same
0: with Jake Gyllenhaal, though. Yeah, I mean, just I would watch them in that bar just talking to one another yeah. for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, and you just want what, to hang out with him. Yeah, and then that's what makes the whole plot of the movie that much more sort of that's when the stakes come in and it gets a bit more weight behind it i think yeah when you start to see the betrayal and the sort of and the you go oh. it's when you start buying into that relationship yeah and, and you, it, go, you go you got you know what's going to happen but you still feel that's so that sinking feeling is oh god yeah um and that's when it that's when it went up a notch for me i would say that like the first half i was like i mean i was enjoying it but it was like sort of ant man of the wasp sort of Light-eyed, yeah, okay, it's an enjoyable Marvel movie. Then, once we got into the sort of second half, that's when it really kicked up a notch for me. Yeah. And it got real, really good.
1: Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, the first, I think the first act of the three was a bit. I was watching it and I was like, this is fun, but come on now. Like, I want to see something happen. Yeah. Like, and then it was, it started to get a bit capery and I was a bit like, okay, like, this is good, but I've seen it a million times. Yeah. And then act two starts happening. Basically, when he gets to um, Venice... Yeah. When they get to Venice, things really start to change. Yeah. And that's when the film really picks up. And it's those last two acts that are, like... Yeah. R- ...are really, really great. Oh, yeah.
0: And, like, yeah, one, once you're in, like, yeah, that's the thing. it It... You're so invested in what's going to happen, and, like, yeah. and but the jokes keep coming as well. It has is you know continuously funny uh, to a point, and then when you get to the final fight at the end, it's just spectacular. And like yeah, we'll have to talk about it after the credits, yeah. um, after the spoiler section. But yeah, and you're so bought in by that point because again, uh, Tom Holland absolutely sells it. Yeah, and he has sure. some great along with the action, the comedy stuff. There's some, There are a couple of moments where he gets to be a little bit more dramatic. Yeah. And that's when you get really bought into everything that's just happened over the course of the last hour or so.
1: And that's one of the things is the some of the real standout moments that we've seen in the last half a dozen films is when you get the light-hearted characters taking a serious turn. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, that's one of the sort of the, the key important casting things that we've said about with Sarah Hadley Finn before. And you go, when RDJ makes a turn, you're like, okay, this is really yeah. means business. But when Pete gets serious, you're like, something's wrong.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. like, I feel like for a lot of this movie, like, he's not even, he's not necessarily even the one cracking jokes because he's just, he's like stressed the whole yeah. time. Like, like, he's just on edge all the time. Yeah. And like, that's kind of, and he's, he's got that nervous sort of energy, Peter Parker, and that is, 100% Peter Parker. And whereas like Ned is like trying to go, oh yeah, that's cool. Let's go to this place. Let's go to this place. And he's like, I just, I just, I just want to tell her how I feel. And I just want to do this. I just want to do this. And he's really like pent up and like. Mm-hmm. And again, that's what you get these great scenes where like um, where J- character, Quentin Beck, just asks him, "Yeah, but what do you want, Peter?" Yeah. And he gets to just splurge and say, "Look, this is all I want right now." Mm-hmm. I'm sick of it, and he's like, and yeah, you do really get the the weight of the, his responsibility in this one, which yeah. is another thing that I really liked about it.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's great. Yeah, I think before we get into spoilers, mm-hmm. I think yeah, I, I I mean there isn't that much more for us to say before we not get before any. we get into
0: spoilers. There's plenty to say after the spoilers. Yeah,
1: so I'm basically going to say I would highly highly recommend this if you've seen the lead up.
0: Yeah, if you are into the MCU, this is exactly yeah. for you. Basically, I think that if you are not, or if you prefer the older Spider-Man and don't quite like what, like there are people who don't like this version of Spider-Man and they feel like he's Iron Man Junior. and there's all it's all about, it's all about Tony Stark and the rest of it. If you are already feeling that, I wouldn't don't go and see this. Yeah, basically is what I would say. Don't go out and see it. Maybe catch it later on, you know, when it's on Netflix or when it's on Blu-ray, or you can rent it or something like that. Yeah. But don't go out if you if you already decide that you don't like this version of the character, and there are things about it that annoy you. This isn't going to make it better.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I st- that's the problem that I've got is that I like out of any character in fiction, Spider-Man's my favorite character. Yeah, always has been since I was a kid. But at the same time, there are still things in this that I really don't enjoy. Well, not that I don't enjoy. That I'm just a bit like, nah. But at the same time, I'm just like, this is fucking brilliant. And yeah. that's the thing is that I like the character more than I do the scratch the surface issues beneath. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you're in that way, like I said, like Thomas said, if if you are having those issues, then yeah, do maybe wait. But if you if you love the character more. Than what you think, then you can sort of pass off. Yeah, definitely go and see it.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. So before we get into all the spoilery stuff that we loved, or I'd certainly loved anyway, let's talk about your scratch the surface groups. What's your issues? Talk to me. So, the the Edith thing,
1: yeah, is at first I thought when I, when it first happened and Pete was given so Pete's given these sunglasses, Tony Stark sunglasses that have got an AI built into them as Edith. Um, and at first I thought, oh, this is going to be like his own sort of Jarvis style AI, yeah, um, or Friday style AI. But as it went on, it became clear that it is that. But the but the main point of Edith is this: this this series of killer satellite drones.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a satellite with a, like a seemingly infinite number of drones. That yeah, can seemingly
1: like, infinite number of drones that are all armed to the teeth, and it can all sort of smash themselves into orbit and yeah, and fucking like ruin everything in a heartbeat.
0: Global defense system that, and for whatever reason, they've given Peter. He's totally yeah. decided to give Peter Parker access and complete control over it. Yeah. Um, which, yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's like, I I get the symbolic gesture, and I get that it's sort of part of the machinations of how we can get the film to proceed. But come on. Yeah. Like, Black Panther is out there. Yeah. Captain Marvel is out there. There are so many more people that are, like, not... not well, yeah, that are more worthy to be able to sort of handle it in an appropriate way. Yeah, yeah, I know. And that's the thing, like, I still love the film. Yeah, yeah. I still love the film, but it's, like, one of those moments where I'm, like, if we just dialed the Tony stuff back a little bit and, like, made Edith a little bit less of a series of killer robots from space, yeah, then I would have had less of an issue. And it's not to say that it ruined it for me at all, because, like I said, like, I fucking love this film. It's probably one of my favourites, probably my top, maybe top top three. Top three Spider-Men. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think it's just beating out Homecoming for me. Yeah. Um but at the same time yeah, there are and it's like there, there are minor things in Homecoming that I have an issue. There are minor things in Spider-Man yeah. 2 that I have issues with. These aren't things that are going to affect my enjoyment.
0: No. I mean to me like yeah, I've and the thing I always maintain is that there are certain things that are to, to my mind the core of the character. Mm. And as long as they get those things right yeah, everything else is kind of sort of window dressing. I can kind of, I can shrug it off. Even though there are things yeah. like that, like, I completely agree with you about Edia. I think that is silly. Yeah, it's just, it's a silly plot device and doesn't really make any sense. And it just seems too, like if Tony was worried about him not being responsible enough before, with yeah. with a, with a um, and he took his suitor away, would he then give him the global defense? Like maybe he's like gone mad with grief because I suppose the Tony who made that decision was five years older, having had a kid. And all the rest of it. And this was on the proviso that if maybe we bring everyone back, then. And like, there's a very. Lots of ifs would have had to happen before Tony made that. It's like, if we bring everyone back and then I die, yeah then Pete can have these.
1: Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) but who else is getting what? Because it's like, what's Hawkeye getting?
0: All gets nothing.
1: Exactly. All like, guys his fucking mortgage paid off, and <laughs> you know his kids get to go through college, and you know, and it's like, and then you, what does Bruce get? What? What does everyone else get? Because, but it's like, because this fucking sixteen year old just been given a series of weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, and like, yeah, you're right. That is a silly plot point. But at the same um, time, like I said, it didn't detract my enjoyment right. from the film. It was silly. I as think, much as it is the silly thing in Iron Man 1, when he's like, oh, I'm not making weapons anymore, so I'm going to make this armoured weapon and go and kill people.
0: Yeah, it's a, stupid, it's a logical... A logical it fallacy. It doesn't make any sense, but just go with it. Mm-hmm. And I think, to my mind, I think it, it's all worth it because of what happens once Beck gets hold of that technology. Yeah. Because basically, what the, point, the plot of the first half of the movie, if you like, is that Beck is going to try and manipulate Peter into giving him control of Edith. Yeah. And that's what he does.
1: And we only find that out when he hands them over.
0: So he hands them over, and then we have that great reveal when they just do the hologram thing. And it turns out the pub that they were sitting in, or the bar or whatever, most of it was hologram. Yeah. And it was just like a bunch of hologram people, and it was all a fake setting. And he's there, and suddenly Jidenhall just turns on a dime. He's got this great big smile on his face, and he goes, was that so hard? And you yeah. just go, oh, God, it's Qu- it is Quentin Beck. It's the you know the con artist, the yeah. special effects man. And but then what I love that they did is they linked it back into some MCU continuity. Yes, because they talked about the scene that we saw back in Civil War, which is when Tony used a similar sort of technology, this um, hologram technology. Bath. To, yeah, bath, <laughs> um, to show like his a scene with him and his parents. The last time he saw his parents and it was this like perfectly photorealistic like you know hologram that you could walk around and you could yeah. interact with and then what they're saying is oh yeah Quinton beck was the guy who invented that technology and tony just hijacked it used it for his own little therapy session and then fired beck yeah and there's like there's so much more you can do with that technology and you go oh shit yeah and mm-hmm. they go right take that principle of that technology put it on a bunch of um dro- flying drones and you can create these giant illusions and then essentially what you've got is that you've got these big monsters that Peter is fighting throughout the movie. Yeah. And they're all just illusions. But they've found a real world way for him to do it. Yeah. That fit, Well, I say real world. It's a heightened MCU world. Yeah. But it fits within what we know to be possible within that yeah. universe. And I love that. I love that. I, th- I
1: thought it was great. I really enjoyed like like the way that... And the way that they do really clever things as well, like from the trailers that we've all seen with the Hydro Man fight. Yeah. And then you see that it's... Then later on, they show you how they've done it by... In in the final fight in London, when they've got the drones under the water and they're causing sort of columns of water to explode up and things to happen and projections and this, that and the other. And you think, this is brilliant. This is really clever. Yeah. And then... That's one of the things that I loved about it was because it did it really took its time to write a clever story yeah. as it went, and there are points when you're like, they say about all the drones, and they're like, oh, but the people are going to see them, and he's like, oh, they'll see what I want them
0: to see, and it seems silly, but then you realise what then once yeah. you get the full picture of whatever where everything's played out, it yeah. makes perfect sense. Like that line, like they'll see what I want them to see at the time, it seems like a megalomaniac, crazy. He's lost it, kind of thing. But mm. then, once you've seen the entire movie, including the post-credit scene, yes, then you realise exactly what he was talking about. And I love this whole idea that they they're playing with about how people will believe anything these days. Mm-hmm. So the he's, fake news, yeah. But he's manipulating the, like fake news times a thousand because now this is set in a world where half the world's population went away for five years, and then came back. Yeah, it's like if I tell them that I'm a, I'm from another dimension and I've been fighting these things, and they killed my... I have this really, like, ridiculous story. Yeah. They'll believe it. Because we now live in this comic book universe where everything's fucking crazy. Yeah. So I'm going to use that to my advantage and make myself out to be this absolute fucking badass hero. And it's like, I love that they've used all... Everything that the MCU has done up to this point, and particularly the Endgame stuff, to facilitate Mysterio's character. Yeah. Because that is exactly Mysterio's character. He he is the manipulator. He wants to be seen as the biggest, baddest hero ever, and he's a special effects wizard. Yeah. And that's not... I don't think they really... Because I think some people are going to have issues with them changing his backstory or whatever, but I feel like they did him right. (laughs) I mean,
1: yeah, the thing about... Mysterio's backstory isn't the thing. It's what Mysterio does. Yeah. So Mysterio, the master manipulator... Uh, the illusionist he causes all these things and yeah like you say sometimes in the comics he has taken turns to be the hero but more often than not he uses these manipulations and illusions to trick people so that he can rise up and take on the crime Yeah, Um, and sort of reap sorry reap from the crime and they work in different ways like everybody reacts to things in different ways so it's like When you get the combination of like Mysterio, Chameleon, this person, this person, this person, it's like, oh, how all of their different specialisms are working together.
0: Yeah, that's what I love. Like, he, because what they set up as well in this is that Mysterio, he's not on his own, Mysterio, he has a crew. Yeah. And the crew are basically a bunch of disgruntled ex Stark employees. Yeah. To a point where they even get the guy back from Iron Man 1. (laughs) Yeah. Is he the same actor though? Yeah, it is. Is it? It's the same actor. And he was the kid from um, Christmas Story. Yeah. That's who that is. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, you and he's the guy who got yelled at by Obadiah Stane saying, yeah. "You know, Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps. Yeah, And they bring back that guy That's all the way back from 11 years ago. Mm. And they bring him back and go, you got fired because you couldn't do what Stane asked you to do. But now you're the guy who's helping me do all the power, make sure we've got enough power to do this. Yeah. Right. And we've also got a guy here who's a script writer, essentially, who's feeding me lines... And spinning me stories to be yeah. able to tell to Nick Fury so that he'll believe me. I've got a costume designer. <laughs> I've got like, and literally at one point he's wearing a mocap suit. Yeah, he's wearing an actual mocap. And that's the thing. It's it's <laughs> it's satirising itself. Yeah,
1: which is I think is probably the smartest move that they've done in this. Is that they've laid out all the expectations that you would think would be in a Marvel film, and gone, yeah, of course we're going to do that. Yeah, and. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a CGI villain that's flying around with smoke and stuff. But we're going to do it during the day, and then we're yeah, going to have Jake Gyllenhaal walking around with a fishbowl on his head with some cables hanging out of it. Yeah, in a motion capture suit.
0: Yeah, he and like the fact that they hang a lampshade on, like they they know how ridiculous it is. Yeah,
1: that's part of the point. And that's the intelligence of this film. Yeah, that's what I love that's about what it. I've, I I enjoy the most about it. it is like I like yeah there are some genuinely really really funny moments in there. There are really some really touching moments, and there are some really powerful moments. But the things that really, really stand out for me is that they're going. We know this is silly. We're gonna have fun with it, though. Yeah. If you're gonna take this too seriously, you're not really gonna enjoy it.
0: Yeah. This isn't the just film sit for that. down and have fun. Yeah. This isn't the film for that. There are other there are better films even within the Marvel universe for that, and that's something I'll always sort of push back against because a lot of people sort of. I was saying, now we're at 23 films. They like can said, all the Marvel movies are the same. They all feel the same. They're all just mm-hmm. the same. Convey about everything comes... Um, not at all. Not at all. Like, like I say, if you want that, like, a serious confrontation with, like, mm-hmm. high stakes and drama between, like, a villain and a, and a hero, watch Black Panther. Well, and the fight between yeah. Killmonger. That's where you get something like that. If you want fun, rid- like, amazing-looking action stuff mm-hmm. and ridiculous, like, like I say... Guys flying around with capes, shooting lasers out of their hands, and all that kind of stuff. This is what this is for. Yeah, and that's exactly yeah. What and that's it the thing. Be.
1: Like I, I'm just as guilty for it as, as as other people. Like, I love the MCU films, but I do really get quite bad superhero fatigue sometimes. Yeah, because I've been a superhero fan for like thirty odd years. Yeah, and there is a point when I'm, I'll sit down and watch something. I'll be like, I just can't be asked to watch another superhero film. That's the thing, this, but this, yeah. Was a ch- like I went into this and I was like I think I know where this is going to go I think I know what's going to happen with it and at each point along the way I went I knew what was going to happen here but I don't care I'm I really it. really having I, fun I,
0: when I left the cinema I was absolutely buzzing off the end of this film I yeah. was I was really excited in a way that I haven't been
1: yeah yeah f- I haven't seen you like coming out of that cinema with you I haven't seen you that like sort giddy. of pepped up <laughs> yeah about a film for a long 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 time
0: because it was just like I think it was like. It's the reboot. It was like a soft reboot of like getting me really excited back for Marvel and the future again. Yeah, I'm like I'm beside myself. I need to know what's going to happen next in not only in the next Spider-Man movie, in the next movie, or whatever. and whatever. I feel like a lot of people at the end of after Endgame, they were like, "Well, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's over." So this is exactly the perfect movie for that. I'm like, if you, yeah. if you, you in any way are feeling like that and you feel like I'm done with the MCU after Endgame, go watch this. Just just watch this one. And then if you still feel the same way after this, fine. But I very much doubt it. Yeah, and that's
1: that was me, remember? Because that was the thing. Like I said to you before we went in, we went, you know, pull back the curtain a little bit more. We went with my brother who said the same thing that I did, which is that when endgame finished, it felt like a curtain close.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: And it's like, if that was it, they can stop now. You know, you can rest now, you know? And it is that powerful moment. But then going to see this, I'm like... All right, I'm back in.
0: No, there's so many more stories to tell and there's so much more going on in this universe mm-hmm. and I want to explore every... Uh, there's so much that I want to get into.
1: Yeah, but one of the things that this has really taught me is uh, like the patience now is that coming out, I'm like, I can't wait to see what's happening next with Peter and this this whole thing here. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I really know I want to know what's happening with Captain Marvel.
0: Yeah.
1: I really want to know what's happening with Duck Strange the black widow film coming out i'm really interested about that yeah you know how are we going to do this next thing how are we going to do this i don't want it right now because if if this if this is no, constant bombardment i'm just they, gonna
0: i think they've paced again they they're so smart in the way they've done this because they have paced them out perfectly i think this yeah. this came out just as like all the hype sort of come down from Endgame game and we've sort of accepted it and this came out and everyone's going to see it. it's making massive amount of money apparently already in the first week. Yeah. Um, and everyone's all over it. It's definitely had a boost from Endgame, but it came out just at the right point. I think if they'd left it till like October, then mm-hmm. there wouldn't be enough of a gap between this and whatever the next one is, which is going to be yeah. um, Black Widow, I think, probably in May. We don't even know. We don't know. <laughs> all we know all we know is at this point, there are two Marvel movies coming out next year. Yeah. One of them's going to be, I think, slotted in for May, and there's another one in like November. Mm-hmm. So now what they've done is, effectively, they've got almost an entire year now to wait for another Marvel movie. And But by leaving us on this point, they've got us hungry for more. I think if they'd left it after Endgame, then there would have been like interest would have waned over that yeah. 11 month period. People would have moved on, people would have gone into, you know, Star Wars or when we got to go, oh, Marvel, they, they're coming back, are they? They're doing more. But because they did this yeah. and left us on this big sort of mic drop moment, and mm-hmm. we're all like, yeah, but wait a minute, what about what? what, 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 what? <laughs> and now we're all clamoring for more again. And you know they're going to come out in a few weeks' time at um, Comic Con, yeah, and just blow all our tiny minds.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, I really, really want to see it. I'm not at the stage now where I'm like, like, just hanging around outside of Figgy's door and like listening at the cracks because I'm like, right, they've got this; they they're got in it. control. They I have, can go yeah. off and do my thing. The kids are going to college now; they're they're self. You know, they're self-reliant. They can do what they want. I'll come back when they're ready Yeah. and I'll be all right with what they've yeah. got.
0: And, and they, yeah, like I say, they 100% know what they're doing. Um, I mean, before we move on to talk about the the post credit scenes and mm. stuff and about what they mean, the one other thing that I will point out in a particular sequence or a couple of sequences that I think are amazing and worth talking about, one of them is the Mysterio illusion scene. Yeah. Which was, like, ripped straight out of a comic book mm. and looked... Fucking incredible! <laughs> I can't believe how good it looked and how well realised that was. It reminded me of stuff like the, like the Arkham Asylum um, yeah. games where you get scarecrow challenges, yeah, and like suddenly Mysterio's huge, and then he puts Peter into a, like a little snow globe of New York with the yeah. Avengers Tower on it. And but what I loved about it as well was that not only did it look visually amazing, and one of the most vi- you know visually like clever things I think in the MCU and like inventive that We've seen for a long time since maybe Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, it was also character driven, like he was playing on Peter's fears and Peter's insecurities about himself. And like, yeah. maybe if you've been better, you're just a kid in your pajamas. That's all you are and that's all you'll ever be. Yeah. Maybe if you've been better, it's like and it's like, it's written, it's like the core of the movie. It's really breaking him down, but not breaking him down like, by punching him in the face, it's by break, getting it in his head and then
1: pushing him in front of a train. And then pushing
0: him in front of a train. <laughs> so it's a one-two punch. It's a perfect one-two punch.
1: <laughs> um So yeah, I love that bit.
0: Yeah, I love. I that
1: think bit. it was brilliant. My, my sort of my jaw was moment. on the floor. I was just like, oh my, yeah. My standout <laughs> moment for that was the spider sense. Yeah, scene.
0: So what you mean the in London? You mean yeah, yeah. Oh, the whole London sequence on London Bridge. I thought was fucking brilliant because it was some of the best web swinging we've ever seen. Yeah, and it looked. Absolutely spectacular. Like mm-hmm. the bit where he goes, so he flies into the illusion and he's flying around, jumping from drone to drone, tying them all up in his web. And it's just like, oh, it's yeah. perfect web swing But like you say, spider sense.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. there's something that they've not really gotten into that much in the sort of in the film so far. So we've had like the oh god moment and yeah. then he dodges out the way of something. Yeah but we've also seen him get caught a lot. Yeah. And then it's, it's, they've done something here where it's that he's got his spider sense, but it's something that he needs to focus on, yeah, which makes it a lot more grounded rather than having this ESP. Yeah. It's something that, so he can use, he can sense what's going on in his surroundings without having to see oh. it.
0: But he has to like tune into it. He has to like yeah. sort of calm himself and go, yeah. and, just, and think. And that's, yeah, like you say, that was like his big powerful moment. It's like yeah. his equivalent of, in Homecoming, the part where he pushes everything off him, yeah, he has an equivalent of that in this one, mm-hmm. where he sort of gains another superpower, if you like, or like masters another superpower, yeah, and that is what they call the Peter Tingle. Uh, yeah, they call it no, but it's a joke though. Well, it's Parker fine. Tingle, isn't it, or the Peter, the Peter Tingle? Uh, do you not have your little Peter Tingle? Um, stop saying Tingle, mate. But at please. the
1: same time, like I'm it's not- clever. It, it's going back to that satirizing thing, isn't it? Because they say um, they're calling it the the Peter Tingle, when we all fully know that it's called Spider we Sense. We it's the
0: Spider Sense, but at the same time, they're
1: like, we don't need to say. it. It's no like one, we don't need to say the great power, great responsibility. No,
0: but no one's ever said. No one at any of the point in the, any other movies has ever said Spider Sense. The one time it was ever said was by Eddie Brock, yeah. Venom. Yeah, um, and it's like. So a lot of people like I remember that was another thing that people kicked off about when they go oh they're calling it the Peter Tingle in the MCU mm. and everyone's like oh it's not the real spot and then everyone kicked off about it I'm like in the context of the film is a joke that Aunt May makes and then and Peter is embarrassed about it rolls his eyes yeah. and then at one point yeah he doesn't know what else to call it so he goes, come on Peter Tingle Peter Tingle like that just sort of pep himself up a little bit yeah and yeah yeah I love that sequence where he just he basically. 'Cause Beck has put this illusion on him, so he can't see what's real and what's not real, and he just tunes into it, like closes his eyes, and like reaches out and just takes down all the drones. Yeah. Because he can just sense where they are. Love it. It's yeah. such a fucking awesome use of spider sense. And it
1: it yeah, it works perfectly because that's that's one of Peter's main powers yeah. is his spider sense. It's like People are like, oh yeah, he's super strong and he can swing from a web and he can do this. No, no, no. The spider sense is the big, is like a really, like reason, really, it's like the unique thing for But like the him. reason
0: he's able to swing as well as he is is because it's a spider sense. He, yeah. can, he can think three moves ahead because he knows and he's like, he's that in tune with his environment. Yeah. And that is something they set up. Even right back at the very beginning, he was like, when he the reason he wears the goggles yeah. is because there's too much input yeah. and he has to focus it up. Mm-hmm. But now he's actually got, he's opening himself up to all that and being able to focus on just what he wants to see, and yeah, you, we've leave, we've left him again in this continuing journey of Peter Parker. He's a more powerful Spider Man by the end of yeah. this movie. I
1: was like, "Fucking bring it on!" And then the the, <laughs> the final thing before we get into the post credits. I mean, actually, before we get into the final thing before the post credits, we've got to talk about Costino, Michael Costino. School.
0: Oh, I've had it stuck in my head for about a week now. Yeah. To me, that is like, it's like that is the sound of so, Spider-Man to me now, almost. Yeah. Like, even above the Danny Elfman stuff mm-hmm. from back in the day. It's like, this is what it sounds like. Because I love that it's a theme that he reuses and yeah. plays different arrangements. Mm-hmm. So you'll have the, the the little Spider-Man theme. It's the same theme that played when he was, like, sneaking out of school in yeah. Homecoming. It's like, doom, 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 doom. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, and then by the time you get and to the end of this, it's, dun, 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 dun. it's yeah. like, but it's the same theme, it's just played There's on a like much bigger scale
1: guitar over the top of a full orchestra. Um, and that's one of the things that I would say about the strengths is a lot of people, um, a lot of people really sort of say about, oh, you know, why Marvel scores not never memorable. Yeah. And I'm like, well, things you need to look at is you need to pay attention to Spider Man. Uh, Civil War mm. are like two particularly standout ones. Ant Man and the Wasp is got their they're not they're not going to be on the same level as Superman, Star Wars, Indiana Jones no. because they're not John Williams. No, you know you're not looking at this like forty year legacy of this thing that's been so forced down your throat through parody and being on television all the time. Mm but you've got these really anthemic moments now. Yeah. So we, Spider-Man does have his own theme now, and it isn't the Danny Elfman one, it's the Michael Cucino one. Ant-Man and the Wasp, you can remember it. You can remember the the big, powerful, bombastic scene from Civil War and the airport battle, yeah. and other things like that, and you're like...
0: That's not to mention the Anne Silvestri. Yeah. And Silvestri and the Avengers theme. The Avengers yeah. theme is a huge thing now. Like Everyone recognises that music. Yeah. Like, they play it in the trailers, and... Paul- Sorry, yeah, Silvestri did Civil War as well, not Cucino. Yeah, and um, portals. Yeah, by it, it's like, goosebumps. yeah, goosebumps, goosebumps. There's yeah, there's a track on the Endgame soundtrack called Portals, which is basically it's the scene where everyone comes back through the portals. Mm-hmm. But if you want to listen to a great bit of Marvel score, listen to that, um, and anything from this Far From Home score because it's yeah. great.
1: It is brilliant, um, and uh, Michael Guccino's naming conventions are all brilliant as well. So yeah, have some fun of, with those. Some
0: of the names on the um, tracks, and like, I would say don't look at the tracks until after you've seen the film Mm-mm. because th- once you've seen the film then you can well if you've seen the film then you're listening to us now so ignore me uh, yeah. <laughs> Um but yeah so great point to sort of get into then is that score and that like theme playing is played in this final scene of the movie whereas Peter swinging through Manhattan yeah which is like quintessential Spider-Man. I've been wanting it from this particular version of Spider-Man since day one. Yeah. And it's like the thing, the last little piece of the puzzle to make him now he's Spider-Man. It's like, it reminds me a little bit of like the, at the end of Casino Royale with Daniel Craig saying the name's Bond, James Bond. Yeah. It's like, that's the final piece. And like, yeah, you are now you are. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? And it's just like, and he's doing it really confidently. He's texting whilst he's doing it. This amazing theme is playing. He's swinging between the things then he's popping out the wings and gliding
1: yeah I'm just
0: like oh my god this is the best thing I've ever seen he's wearing the new suit which I love the new suit by the way yeah and the whole sequence where he makes it Oh I to, prefer the blue I do yeah I know what you mean it, blue and red is like what Spider-Man should be yeah but just as a striking bit of Iconography, I think it's cool. I mean, the black and
1: yeah, and blue. I think that I know how they'll play it back. They'll be like, "Oh no, no more. You've gone back to the blue," and he will be like, "Oh yeah, I was in the dark place and I had the black on there."
0: Yeah, they'll they'll do something. I'm sure. Yeah, um, I'm
1: I'm certain they'll go back to the blue at some point. And like, oh yeah, he's not
0: going to stay in that. No, I mean, think at, at the end of the day, the, the different iterations of the suit are there to sell toys and stuff. We all know that. Like, I'm not <laughs> yeah, we're not idiots, but. I've got it equipped as my Spider-Man suit when I play Spider-Man PS4 right now. So <laughs>
1: enslaved to capitalism
0: didn't cost me anything, did it? It was free. No. So what do you want? Um, yeah. So that was an amazing, and it left you on this amazing high note, huge big smile on your face, and then we get the post-credit scene.
1: Yeah. So I would argue that the post-credit scene in this is probably the most game-changing since
0: the reveal of Thanos. Yeah, but even that, wasn't that, like, that didn't tip the board over immediately, that was something that was seeded, for something that, like, to that, that Thanos reveal at the end of mm. Avengers, that didn't pay off until, well, it didn't pay off until Infinity War, really, no. I mean, he was he was in Guardians, but he didn't do it, he didn't get out of the chair.
1: No, but then, <laughs> but that's what I mean, it's like, but knowing, that reveal of it being, you being, them being like, because it was always like, him and, he, it was never River. And then when you're like, holy shit, they're doing Thanos.
0: Yeah. I guess so, but I think I think this one, the thing with that is, I think it had, it would have had a massive impact for comic book fans and people like mm-hmm. yourself. So when I first saw it, I had to look up who that was. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think, I think a lot of people would have done as well. Mm-hmm. That was back in the fairly formative days of Marvel when we weren't all quite as into it as we are now. Yeah. Because of the movies. Um, so for the vast majority of the people in the audience, they would have had to go away and find out who was, yeah. that, who was that purple guy in the credits of the Avengers. Whereas this, I feel like, first of all, I love the fact that our screening, not a single person got up after the credits started nope. rolling. Because we all know this is Marvel and it's not over, you got to wait for the credits. And second of all, I feel like this, the impact of this, you don't have to be a Marvel fan or know, have any prior knowledge yeah. to understand the significance of what happens. So... To, before we get into it, i have to sort of explain what happens. So, yeah, Pete is, he's just done, gone swinging around with MJ. She said she never wants to do it again because she's freaked yeah. out, which is, I thought was a great touch. And then as he's going away, a big screen turns on, and it's some news report saying, oh, we've just had this new footage in from Quentin Beck that he shot just before he died. And here it is, and they show it, and it's Quentin Beck, gin hall, like, bleeding on the floor, and hes you can just see it out of shot without his face in it. Peter Parker, Spider Man, and he's manipulated the footage so it looks like Spider Man is ordering the drones to kill people. Yeah, and he's like taking over. And he said, "No, I can only I can be the next Iron Man." And it looks like he's the bad guy. Yeah, and that's one bombshell, and you're like, "Oh shit! Oh no!" And then they go, "Oh, here's the guy who's gonna um, read the report for you from the Daily Bugle," and you go, "Oh, Daily Bugle! Ah, that's a cool little nod." And then they go, "J.J. and Jameson." cuts over and it's fucking JK Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe that they got JK Simmons back. That was brilliant. Oh my god, that must be the best mark cameo they've ever like, do you know what I mean? Because like, they said
1: that they they that wasn't even shown to test screenings.
0: No, the the one little hint that I found I found out out about this retroactively was that he was at the Far From Home um premiere. Yeah. Everyone was like, What are you doing here?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh... But even but I didn't know about that until afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. no one knew about it. Yeah, and they, like you said, that was the reason, like, on press screens and stuff, everyone was like, you cannot say anything. Like, they took people's phones off them and all the rest of it, and yeah. they are like, you can't, because this is such a big deal. And fucking hell, did it, did it play off? Like, because yeah. the reaction from, like, us in the audience, we were like, oh my god, they got J.K. Simmons back to play Jonah Jameson, because that's something we never talked about in our previous episodes. No. And that is, shame on us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is, because he was fucking great, and he is, It. it's difficult to ever say that you could absolutely nail casting, because it's always quite subjective, I'm like, because people, like, when, like, you say about, like, oh, um,
0: Wolverine,
1: yeah, like, Wolverine, and people are like, oh, he is, and I'm like, no, he's not at all, he's no. absolutely not Wolverine, he's that guy that you saw in a film as Wolverine that you now think of, yeah, um, but J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, you're like, well, yeah, obviously.
0: Yeah, it's, I think it must be probably up there as the most dead-on, yeah, accurate like representation of a character. Mm-hmm. And I will say they've changed the look of him. Yeah. Now he doesn't have the same, um, yeah, which,
1: the, the buzz cut, the
0: buzz cut that he has, or, or the um, and that whole look. He still has the tash. He, now he's bald. Mm-hmm. But I feel like yeah, he's gonna. He's going to bring it, and I hope that he, yeah. they're going to give you more to do. And like, they've got to pay that off. They can't just have it. That, do...
1: And that's the thing they've they've moved it to like the DB online, so the Daily Bugle online, which is more in line with the comic books as well now, which is because it's the DB, yeah, and it's a news website,
0: yeah. And it look a lot of people have said that it looks a lot like um, the Alex Jones guy, it who was, it was like um, InfoWars dot net, uh, okay. this conspiracy theorist nut. He was the guy who like was shouting about how they're putting something in the water to make the frogs gay okay he's that guy but they and literally like even the way they've set it up in terms of where the logo is and where jjj J, J, J is sitting and all the rest yeah. of it, he looks like that That's uh, what okay going for. which is gonna be an interesting angles to see how they then play it going forward because as jones and that whole he's been largely discredited to a point where like he's not allowed on like facebook and youtube anymore because they said right. we don't allow his sort of it's like fake news conspiracy theorist nut job yeah so they could go down that route with J. Joe and Jameson. They could say that, yeah, it's, it's all unsubstantiated.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, now. he always was, like, the tabloid Yeah, editor, he's tabloid, so. But, like, this
0: is what tabloids are now, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. It's your BuzzFeed, it's your, yeah. Yeah. Um, But the biggest game-changer that we still haven't talked about is that what they then do... Yeah. Once Beck has established that Spider-Man's bad guy, he then goes, oh, and Spider-Man's name is... And then there's this big like crackling moment. And you're like, "Oh shit!" Are they gonna? And they go, "His name is Peter Parker," and they show a photo of Peter's Tom, high
1: school picture.
0: Peter's high school fo- photo, and then it just cut because like, Peter's watching all this in his Spider-Man suit, and he just grabs his head and goes, "What the?" Because each each of these has to end yeah. with a "What the fuck," and then it ends. And that's it. And it's just like. Oh, <laughs> holy shit and that's what i've been thinking it like i think that's the thing with it is that although i love it as an ending as a like shocking ending to a movie it does detract a little bit because that's all i've been thinking about yeah i'm not thinking too much about the rest of the movie all i'm thinking about is, oh my god how are they gonna get out of this yeah and that's the thing
1: it's 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 literally the daisy uh it's literally the duke of, dukes of hazard ending yeah well, how are the boys going to get yeah. out of this one? <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't know. But I'll wait until next week. Yeah. Because I'm obviously going to see it. Yeah. And then you're like, well, shit. Okay. I can't,
0: I, there's so many things because, you know, Peter Parker's secret identity is such a massive part of that character. Yeah. And has been throughout all the different iterations of it, both on screen and in the comic books. He's one of the only characters. Like, there are a handful of characters who have got secret identities, really. I mean, there's like Superman. And it's
1: more so in DC, than yeah. DC, in
0: particular, like Marvel, not many really. No, and particularly not in the MCU. None of them really. Everyone knows who Tony Stark is. Everyone mm-hmm. knows who Steve Rogers is. So, but this is—it's been such an important part in both in all the Spider-Man movies that we've had with Tom Holland. About who knows who's the Spider-Man, who doesn't, and they've already like they've already broken a few rules, and a few people were already upset about how aren't they knew who he was Ned knew who he was. Yeah, but now they've gone right. <laughs> if you didn't like that, you're not going to like this everyone knows who he is now. Yeah,
1: because I mean, one of the issues that I had was that it wasn't that tidy of an ending because after Beck was dead, you're like, okay, Beck's dead. All these other people know his identity because they were all in the pub at the same time.
0: Yeah, but no, you're like, no.
1: there's like half a, there's at least half a dozen, well, probably 10 people in that pub how many, that have how, all seen his face and have all, all heard him say and Peter Parker
0: Half of them are were holograms.
1: No, no, no. But when you saw you saw the scene when he's like walking up and down the bar,
0: yeah,
1: and raising a drink to everyone and himself. There's at least yeah. There's at least six or seven people there.
0: Yeah. I, 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 what you mean? It wasn't a tidy ending until they did the post credits, and then
1: you go, yeah. And I was like, it well, fixed what that the issue. Like, like now, even more people know about his secret identity, and it's and then they go, and now everyone knows. Yeah. And you go, oh, f- fuck. Yeah. Okay. Because the last comp- time this happened was in, was in the, the comic book Civil War when he revealed his identity to everybody. And there, were, there was some of the stuff that came out of it was really good about like his identity being revealed. And like all of a sudden, all of the villains were like, he's done. He's done. We're going after his loved ones. We finally found out who he is. We're doing this. J. Jonah Jameson sued him. Everything was kicking off about it, and then they did the whole brand new day thing, which was like an awful, stupid thing that they did.
0: But they wiped like the whole world's memories, or something, didn't they? So they, yeah. remember, oh, they wiped
1: everyone's memories by having Spider-Man make a deal with the devil, and then just like yeah. loads of things happening. It stupid.
0: Um, but yeah, but this, like, it completely flips the table on everything. Yeah. So that, and I, what I love about it is that it's that thematic thing that we we keep going back to is that there are consequences to being Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And so the reason this happened is because he decided to step up and go and stop Quinn and Beck. If he hadn't, because what Quinn and Beck was going to do is cause a load of destruction, people were going to die, and then he was going to be a hero. Yeah. And like, Peter could have just got his friends out of there and maybe it would have been all right. Instead, he decided to go with Happy, he got the new suit, and he stopped him and he and he saved the day. And by being the hero, his the consequence he's now paid for that is, oh, we've just ruined your entire life. Mm-hmm because we've just told everyone who you are and it's like that is like the ultimate like distillation of that being Peter being Spider-Man makes Peter Parker's life shit because not only that is like no no being Peter Parker being being Spider-Man destroys Peter Parker's life yeah in this instance like that's it he can can't over he can't go back to school he can't go back to like Aunt May or I don't know what he's going to do I don't know what he's going to do and I need to see it I need to yeah. see it now <laughs> like, And yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I'm slightly concerned about how they're going to do it because I think that it's very early in his career for something like this to happen. Yeah. So
1: either they're going to do something with the scrolls. Yeah, you've
0: got a theory about the scrolls, haven't you?
1: Yeah, it's not really so much a theory. I just think that they'll go because then then the next the end credit scene is us being shown that. Fury and Hill, as they appeared throughout this entire film, were both Skrulls, yeah. reporting into the real Fury, who was on like, some Skrull yeah. super ship.
0: Yeah, it's not just any Skrulls as well, it's Ben Mendelsohn and his yeah. wife. so from-
1: Talos and... Oh, I can't remember. Soren, I think. Soren. So. Yeah. And so the two of those, acting as Hill and um, Fury, which is, explains some of the weird characteristics that Fury yeah. and Hill both had. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think basically what they'll lead up to is some sort of secret invasion esque yeah. storyline where, yeah, the next Spider-Man film will be him having an identity crisis, almost like like similarly to the comic books, but um, and then something will happen that will discredit it. Yeah. And people will be like, no, some people like it'll be then it'll be go down to like a 50 50 of people being like, actually, you know, I don't think I think he is just a kid from Queens. And then something will happen where it'll be like, oh, he was he's he's not because then they got this scroll to pose as Spider Man, yeah, or as Peter Parker. Yeah,
0: I, just, I don't know because to my, my issue is, I suppose, like, how are they how are they want write their way out of it in terms of the question will become, why would mysterio and jameson and everyone involved why would they set up a random 15 you know 16 year old kid from queens of all the people they were going to pin it on why him? it's very specific and weird yeah like like, why would you make it a child for a start why would you not make it adult? like Mm. so that would be the question then i think well that maybe that's going to be something that's going to be like like say they'll get into the whole divisiveness on it and they'll be like spider-man truthers who believe yeah. Peter Parker already is the Spider-Man yeah. and everyone else is like no we know that's not the case mm-hmm. but it'll be interesting to see how that goes on so like if they fo- keep following through Tom Holland is like when he goes to college is he going to have a bunch of people like hey you're that Spider-Man guy aren't you? I'm like no I'm not
1: yeah hey Spider-Man do a backflip
0: hey come on Spider-Man yeah exactly and it's like I'm not Spider-Man like, for God's sake like, yeah. but like that's a completely different dynamic I don't know how I feel about it
1: <laughs> yeah and like the, again, like I said, there, there is precedent for this stuff to happen in the comics, and it's quickly swept away. And it's like, oh, he's Spider-Man's pal, or he's this, or he was there at the same sort of time, and this, this, and this. And they can find ways to get around it. But at the same time, I'm so, so interested. I'm so bought into where they go with the Spider-Man yeah, stuff because Because
0: something else, I like feel like this, whatever they do with this next Spider-Man, if it's the next Spider-Man movie... Or if they do a secret invasion, because that's the other thing, is that this might be an issue that is resolved or partially resolved in between. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we don't know. Like, things happened between Homecoming and yeah. Far From Home, which had a massive impact. And then we could have the same thing here. Mm-hmm. There could be p- progressions in Peter's story before we even get to the Spider Man 3. Um you know if they might do the fucking clone saga? Oh, God, they won't do that, will they? Mm-hmm. No, God, no. they won't do that. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, all I can hope is that, like, I feel like, again, they get the characters right, and Kevin Feige would not have signed off on "Oh yeah, you can reveal his identity." Yeah, if they didn't have a good plan for how to go about it. Yeah, like because he knows what's important to that character, and who like he hires the right directors, and they will fire a director if they're not seeing eye to eye. Yeah, and that kind of thing. So they're not going to have such a massive shift in the character like that unless they've got a good plan mm-hmm. for how to go about it. So again, I've got faith. Yeah, they still haven't steer me wrong 23 movies in yeah so I'm, I'm hoping
1: and that's the thing like, like we said before if the worst is if the worst they're going to give us is Thor The Dark World and Iron Man 2 Incredible Hulk and Incredible Hulk which aren't really that bad no, not. in the grand scheme of things no. they're just not that memorable no. but at the same time if that's the worst they're going to give us and the best is stuff like this Endgame, Infinity War, yeah, Civil War. I mean,
0: yeah, that's another sort of question, I guess. Is where does this stand for you in terms of the MCU? I mean, you talked about it as being up there. that
1: was really high. Is it, it is really high. Is
0: it in like your top five? Is it in your top ten? I don't know. It's, it's too, too early. early. Yeah, yeah it's, too
1: early. It's, too early. it's too early to say. Um, I mean, I'm seeing it again tomorrow. Yeah, and then I'll probably be able to have a better steer on where I want to go from
0: there. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Christ. Yeah. I'm so excited. And there's so many, like, there's little things in there, like, this whole scene that we're talking about as well at the end happens around what used to be Avengers Tower. Yeah. So he flies through, like, an atrium. There's, like, a, a cutout.
1: Mm-hmm. Almost um, like the hole in an no. Yeah. It's a bit like that, isn't it?
0: So there's loads of speculation about what that building is. It's like they never showed the top, they never showed the sign because some people thought that they were remodelling Avengers Tower, and they set that up in the last movie as well. Yeah, They sold Avengers Tower in, in Homecoming, and everyone was like, right, well, obviously it's going to be Oscorp, isn't it? And then we don't get the reveal yet. And then the other thing that now people are starting to speculate on, now they've got the rights back, is maybe it could be the Baxter building for the Fantastic Four. <laughs> well, that's what I said. But then, have you seen that little thing about the um, the bus stop? Well, I think it was either a bus stop or a temporary wall that's down there, near to Peter. It's basically it's got it's got a um, a graphic on it that goes it's one in a circle, then a line with a with a um, arrow to it. Yeah. And it goes one, two, three, and then off to the next one. And it just says it's got a question mark where the four should be. Okay. And it says we can't wait to. And the slogan at the top is said we can't wait to show you what's next. Oh, cool. So that could either be the Fantastic Four or Phase Four.
1: Yeah. Makes sense, Fantastic Four in Phase Four. But yeah. I mean, we could go on about this all night.
0: Yeah, we could. But it's basically Marvel ain't going nowhere. and I'm excited for it. Well, yeah. Viva
1: La Marvel. Long live the MCU. Long live
0: Spider-Man. Long live Tom Holland Spider-Man. And yeah, long live... Kevin Feige <laughs> John Watts I think yeah the director again deserves a shout out he did a great job on yeah this absolutely as well. he did a great job of balancing the comedy stuff and, and got serious when it needed to be and got some great performances out of everybody mm-hmm. um, so yeah fair play to that dude let him carry on
1: yeah um, all in all I loved it me too and it really sort of brought me back on board to being like okay yeah let's keep on with these Fuck whereas it. with Endgame I was okay to let it go that's it
0: they knew exactly what they were doing as well because, yeah. like, Endgame, like, had no post credits or anything. This one had two post credits, and they were both huge, yeah, like game-changing post credits. It's like, right, we know what we're doing. Yeah, they know what they're doing. So anyway, so yeah, that's pretty much it. We've talked about Spider Man a lot over the last few weeks. Um, we are going to move on. I think the next thing we're going to talk about is Lion King. Yes, which will be interesting. <laughs> Um, so obviously there's the new live-action remake of The Lion King coming up, so we're going to talk about the original animated version next week, uh, and the week after that we'll talk about the new Lion King. Um, so join us for that, if you're in any way interested. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting sort of debate to be had about the live-action Disney reboots and whether they're worth it or not, or whether they're better or worse, or, you know, that's a whole conversation to be had, so that'll be interesting to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, so join us for that. In the meantime, let us know what you think about Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. Let us know your thoughts actually because obviously like I've honestly I've not seen any sort of negative feedback but I don't yeah sort of look
0: at I actively s- seek it out so I can't. Social can fight media. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you, I don't, you've, I don't you, act, you've an addiction. No, I don't actively seek it out, but I have seen it. I have seen some. You, you actively engage with it. Sometimes I engage with it because sometimes they're just wrong. anyway it's stupid (laughs) there are people out there who don't like this movie don't like the MCU Spider-Man and all the rest of it and so it's not a universally praised everyone loves it thing no Um, so if you are one of those people we've obviously we've gushed quite a lot on this episode about how much we love it but if you don't feel that way Mm -hmm. we're more than willing to engage in a conversation about it yeah
1: absolutely very willing to have like an open honest conversation about it like we've said about with Captain Marvel before like we've said about with Black Panther before like we've said about with any of these things that have had somewhat controversial statements made about them mm. um we've always been very willing to have an open dialogue about it so if if you genuinely feel really against it you know give us a let us know yeah. because we're interested we're not going to shout you down or anything no we just genuinely really want to know
0: yeah absolutely yeah um yeah
1: but yeah so you can find us on all the socials so twitter instagram and facebook so look up the oncast on there uh, we've got the oncastpod at gmail.com is the email address to get hold of us. Mm-hmm. And as Dom said, yeah, next up is gonna be Lion King and that'll be next week.
0: Yep. Cool. Right. See you then. Alright, thanks guys. Bye. Bye. Do you know as well? So you know when they're on the plane, mm. there's all those documentaries. There's like someone's done a screen grab of that, and there's like there's one that's called the Snap. It's picture of the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's that. There's, I saw there was
1: one about fi- Wakanda. Yeah, there finding was, Wakanda. There was one about Eric Selvig.
0: Eric Selvig was doing a talk and on a Tony Stark. One. What was it? Something to do with Nova? That no, that's what Eric Selvig was giving a lecture on. Right. Something to do with Nova? Or no, I think he was he was giving a talk on Einstein Rosen bridges. Right. And there was another thing that said Nova. And then there was the Tony Stark Iron Heart. Uh, yeah the greatest, he was the greatest man who ever lived <laughs> 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 even
1: dead I'm the hero yeah <laughs> I liked that bit but there was a lot of like yeah we'll get into it in a minute